Greetings, New Paradigm Nation, planet Earth and elsewhere. It is the top of the hour, Thursday, March 26th, 2015, and you are listening to New Paradigm Radio. My name is Sean Madden. It's a pleasure to be here on New Paradigm Radio, where every weekday or so we are celebrating and causing the quantum leap in human consciousness and collaboration that's happening on the planet, on planet Earth right now. It's underway right now as you listen to this, whether you're listening live or you're listening to the recording, there is currently a quantum leap happening in human consciousness and collaboration. Did you know that? I'm sure you do. And if you don't, check it out. It's actually really happening and we're celebrating it here and we're causing it and we do that by having a conversation with one of today's leading learners somebody who is doing the deep diving work required to bridge the gap between the big picture problems on the planet and everyday life for human beings right here in the rising years of the 21st century today i am so excited and pleased to be joined by Shayna james she is here today to talk to us about dating and relationships and intimacy and sexuality and men and women and all of that whole world of human experience. This is one of my favorite topics. So I'm uh, about to, to introduce you, Shana, but thank you so much for being on the show today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. So if you have not, uh, if you're not familiar with Shana, she's been coaching individuals, groups, and couples for over a decade. Her coaching, is, her coaching style is informed by extensive training in communication, masculine and feminine dynamics, leadership, uh, integral, integral, integral. How do you pronounce You can say it either way. I say integral, but. Integral. Integral. It's such a strange word. Integral <laughs> psychology, since systems theory, meditation, yoga, creativity, women's circles, and various spiritual traditions. As a dating and relationship expert, she's worked with close to a thousand men and women all over the world, therapists, psychologists, longtime coaches, and master NLP practitioners credit Shana with helping them move through their own personal blocks to love and create the relationships they've always wanted. So whether you're single and wanting to date, you're looking for a long-term relationship, or you're not satisfied in your current relationship, Shana quickly pinpoints the cause and helps you create the spark and connection you want without games to play or rules to follow. So if you're listening live or you're listening to the recording, you can, uh, if you're, if you're female, feminine, you probably want to go to authenticwomenexperience.com. That's authenticwomanexperience.com. And if you are male, go to themanshewants.com. Shane, you got something for everybody. Mm-hmm. You are set up. <laughs> so... It's a, it's a very, I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation. I think we're going to have fun. This is one of my favorite topics and I've been, uh, I've been watching your videos and checking out your thing, getting your emails and stuff and you have some really beautiful things to say. So mm, thank you. I, I am looking forward to sharing that with our audience here on New Paradigm Radio. Thank so, you. so let's get started with this week's quote of the week. Every week I pick a quote. And uh, present it to each of the guests on the program to riff, to uh, interpret, to extrapolate, to relate to. Uh, and it's really fun to hear the different perspectives on the particular quote over the course of the week. So this week, uh, we are diving into a little, a little wisdom, a little provocative wisdom from Mark Twain, who said, Life is short. 
Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. And never regret anything that made you smile. Mm-hmm. 20, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did. So throw off the Bolins, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Mm. I love that. Right? It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful chance. and so true. Mm. <sighs> yes. I mean, you know, I think about this a lot and especially with you talking about planet Earth, you know, it's like we are we are on a planet floating in space in a galaxy in a universe, you know, I mean, it's crazy that we even exist here. And then when you think about the fact that really not to start out on a bleak note, but really we just have no idea how long this journey will be, you know, we could be gone tomorrow. So really that I... I see with a lot of people and I know I don't have any I don't have judgment about this but I see where for so many of us myself included fear can really win out you know and this I can't do this because someone might reject me or someone might not like it or I might offend someone or all these things and then to realize yeah that 20 years later we could look back and think oh my god I haven't really lived my life. You know, I haven't really created a life that has been inspiring and playful and meaningful to me because I let the fear get in the way. Hmm. Yeah. Now, now you work with people specifically in the area of, of intimacy, relationships, um, and that whole, that whole dating, that whole realm. And yes. and so I'm curious how much how much of this how much of your work is sort of focused at that at that point where people are kind of standing at the edge of well I kind of see what I want or maybe I think I see what I want but I'm scared or I I, I don't I don't know how to access it or whatever how much of your how much of your work is is spent at that point mm. It's a good question you know my first answer is some <laughs> <laughs> Some, you know, some is spent on people getting clear about what they actually do want because there's so many family and cultural expectations, you know, and a sense of what actually is right or appropriate that we are all steeped in from a really young age. And so, you know, often the first piece is people are struggling or unhappy and they're not exactly sure why. They know they're not getting what they want, but then when we start looking at what they do want, uh, it can be really challenging to know that, you know? Mm. And then from knowing that, it can be challenging to admit it and Mm. then to speak it to another person. So I would say that's, you know, a big part of it is around desire and truth um, and discovering one's own uniqueness as opposed to what seems normal in our culture Mm -hmm. you know then some of it is standing on that edge of fear and really looking at what is creating that fear you know and we can go anywhere from the level of um i usually end with this perspective but i'll start with this one you know the spiritual perspective Mm -hmm. right of oh it's our mind creating these thoughts and these fears and for a lot of people i work with helping them 
actually experience their bodies more mm -hmm. and a deeper sense of self than what most of us are taught, you know, and then it can go to the other end of the spectrum of, um, of just playing with and experimenting what it would be like to throw out some of those rules and be bolder and recognize that they're not going to die, you know, mm. or that if they upset someone or something goes wrong, that they actually have the capacity to clean it up, you know, mm -hmm. and even create more intimacy as a result. Mm. So, yeah, there's, you know, there, there's a whole spectrum in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it's fun because, uh, this, this realm is so, because we're talking about direct one-to-one -one intimacy, this, this is, it's almost like this is like a, one of the most important things that any human being can probably mm -hmm. tackle. I right? agree. In, in terms of, in terms of finding out what, it, what it is that you really want, what it, you will and won't tolerate. Mm -hmm. what 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 works for you you know i mean and it and it's deeper than just your sexual preference like who you want to be and your type and these kinds of things we're actually mm -hmm. talking about we're actually talking about soul level desire right like that's yeah. where you that's where you started yeah so how did you know when, when how did you get into this what 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 led you to this this kind of work well it's funny whenever i am about to say this i feel this this nervousness and this kind of shaking in my body a little bit because um, when I really look back, I credit my parents' what I would call dysfunctional relationship <laughs> um, for really launching me and catapulting me into a life of, uh, you know, perpetually looking for how people can actually be in relationship, whatever, whatever, um, definition that is, you know, mm -hmm. different kinds of relationship, but relationship and continue to grow and feel fulfilled while at the same time stay connected to another person. Mm. So what I saw in my household was a lot of fighting, you know, a kind of polarization of one being really angry and another one being really collapsed mm. and me questioning and saying you know do you love each other I don't really understand this and then say, them saying of course we do and I always like you know I'm like god the day they find me online and hear all this it's going to be interesting even though we've <laughs> talked about some of it you know but um you know f there was something about that that for me I always thought this is not what I want. You know, this is not how I want to live my life. It doesn't seem worth it to suffer this mm. much. Mm. Um, and I've been humbled. You know, I am in the middle of a divorce or kind of it's dragging on a little bit. So, you know, we separated a couple of years ago. Legally, we're still in the midst of all of that. And I really did get to see that even a lifelong commitment to learning how to communicate and learning how to love and all of that you know, my life, when we started our relationship, I wasn't far enough along, I think, on the path of learning how to do those things in a way that really, really worked and really, really um, brought about a kind of love that could thrive. So mm. I've been humbled and um, and continue, you know, still on this path to really, and I think in a, 
a bigger way, not to say that this is better, but in a way that's really exploring some harder issues of not just doing it by cultural norms, you know, really admitting this is who I am and this is what I want and this is what's important to me and this is how I like to have sex and this is, you know, and, and working with people who um, who have an expanded sense of wanting love and connection and intimacy and spirituality and don't necessarily want to play it safe or don't necessarily want to just, you know, give in and compromise. So I think in some ways, you know, I've been working with modern, I don't know, I guess you could call it modern relationship or, Mm. you know, what happens when we are maturing, you know, emotionally and spiritually. And in a way that's really beautiful for a relationship. And in a way it can create more challenges when two people who are really clear about what they want, who they are (laughs) come together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so <laughs> it's so beautiful because you're the the you know new paradigm radio is really this opportunity to sort of explore this idea of being a leading learner, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And and in, and in this in this realm of of intimacy, sexuality, uh, intimate connection, relationship, all of all of the various angles of this particular conversation, there's um. It's so complex and so complicated, and and the fact that you you can you can kind of, kind of come on here and go, yeah, I've always been driven to explore this, and <laughs> and yeah, I had some ideas coming out of the gate, but <laughs> it didn't it didn't necessarily mean that my my marriage was immune from yeah. you know that kind of thing. So what what are some of the things specifically? Could can you just kind of share some of the things specifically that you le- that you have learned from this mm-hmm. process? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things coming to mind. One is, uh, where do I want to start? One, I would say, you know, most of us have wounding that comes from our parents and if it, you could call it wounding or you could call it patterns or habits or whatever and um, ways of communicating that we've learned and thoughts in our heads that aren't even necessarily our own. You know, we absorb mm-hmm. them from when mm-hmm. we were young. Mm-hmm. And so part of what I learned is that I was still, I was still playing out dynamics that were born, I guess, you know, of my parents' identities And, um, there's that on the one hand and on the other hand, when I really look at my marriage, what I can see is we didn't actually commit to forever. We committed Mm. to doing the best we could for each other to both feel alive and inspired and connected and growing, Mm. you know, all of that. Mm. I didn't think it would end when it did. Um, but part of what I'm seeing looking back is that there was, there were a couple incompatibilities that I may have tried for a really long time, or we may have tried for a really long time to work out. And part of what I see even going back from there is that I think I was in a kind of trance Mm. around wanting to be married and wanting to have a family and wanting to have a kid. Mm. And I saw I think we both could see some of those places that could have turned into incompatibilities. Mm. 
but I don't think we worked with them thoroughly enough because I probably in particular was in that trance of really wanting to move forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and do you find, do you find that that's a common thing with the people that you work with? Like, yes, folks kind of get themselves into, uh, get themselves into something just because that's the thing that you do and that's expected. And yeah. And it's been really interesting on the other side to, I've been trying to explain this and it's a little strange. I feel a little bit like someone or something stuck the Grand Canyon in between my knowing of like my my experience of having sensation and love and feelings Mm -hmm. and then making meaning out of them. Mm. So I had an experience recently where, you know, I was feeling my heart, my heart was kind of melting and soft. And I said to one of my friends, is this what people call love? You know, I think maybe this is what people call love and what people say when they, when they, when they fall in love, but I, I couldn't quite, they're not as connected anymore. And it's been really wild to have to date and have some experiences where it's not about trying to get somewhere else or make something else happen. It's about, is this working now? Are we creating the intimacy we want? I mean, you know, it has to be about knowing what I want in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but are we actually living and creating intimacy in the moments? And are we supporting each other's growth? And are we loving each other into fuller versions of ourselves is my mm. perspective, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, and those are beautiful questions too, because those, you can kind of put transpose those questions onto anyone's situation, whether you're, mm-hmm. whether you're single and looking or you, you know, you have a, a, a roster of folks that you're dating or, <laughs> or you're, or you're in a deep committed monogamous relationship that mm-hmm. those questions are still valid. Right. Yeah. 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 And to really, I think a lot of people don't necessarily take the time it's scary in a way I think for a lot of people to step back and ask those questions and be honest with themselves about the answers and sometimes that means moving on which is you know Mm. can be really terrifying and sometimes it means deepening Mm. um, or shifting a form of relationship Mm -hmm. so yeah you know again it's been a really it's been really interesting to see and I feel blessed I don't I don't feel um I feel like I've been given this gift in a way, you know, I have a kid and I've done the marriage thing. And so, um, it's not easy for me to say to someone who's still single and wants to have a family, like just wake up, you know, wake up. up. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that easy. So it's not, um, you know, I'm trying to really work with how to support people in that. And I think it really is a spiritual journey. And for me, what I also see is that, when people don't have, and you could call it whatever you want, whether it's a spiritual context or something else, but when people don't really have the context of relationships are here for growth, mm. I think it makes life a lot harder Yeah. because then going through these challenges, it can be like, you know, fuck you and fuck you. And I didn't sign up for this and I didn't sign up for that, <laughs> you know, versus, oh, wow, this, this must be here to teach us something. Yeah. Now, do you find, do you find that people who are attracted to you as a teacher or guide or a facilitator, do do they already sort of have that programming that, that they understand that, that intimacy can be a vehicle for personal growth if they're, if they're willing to kind of own their stuff and, and, and own their entire experience rather than making it about 
that person over there who's making my life miserable? Mm-hmm. Or, or or do you have to kind of do you, you kind of have to teach people that first? Most of the people who show up at my door or my email or whatever, you know, have yeah. that. And and because those are the people I feel most inspired to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you're so you're you're not dealing with newbies. You're dealing with folks who are who for uh well, I'm trying. To, I'm trying not to <laughs> try not to make us make some sort of arbitrary like line. Like there's the people. Yeah, there's the people over there who don't get it, and then there's the rest right. of us or some something. I, I, you know, and it can be people at at various levels of consciousness or whatever, or you know, different places on the path. But mm. there's there's generally or always, almost always, you know, a sense of. Um, willingness to look inside Mm. willingness to do the exploration willingness to see that things are not maybe as they would seem you know and so i've worked with i i recently was working with a man in texas who had a lot of guns and you know we had this first conversation i was like i don't know about this i'm not sure if i'm (laughs) the person for you and he was like no i i think you are and the more we talked and the more i felt his heart and where he was coming from i was like oh you do get it on a deeper level, even though my, you know, surface judgment might be all of these things. So it could it can look in so many different ways. People can look on the outside in so many different ways. But but that sense inside of something deeper is happening. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So so I'm curious about the I'm I'm curious about the different the difference in the ways that you work with men versus how you work with women. Like what is the. What's the fundamental approach? I mean, as a as a as a woman in the realm of teaching men how to be more comfortable with women, mm-hmm. it's an it's an interesting positioning, right? Like, because mm-hmm. you, you're not you're not standing there saying, "Hey, hey, fellas, check this out. This is what I've found has worked." You know, as a man, because mm-hmm. there's plenty of those guys out there, and a lot of right. them are a lot of them are going, "Well, you know, say this and look yep. this way and." wear these kinds of clothes and here here, here's some scripts for you to follow guys Uh, if you just uh, do that she will do whatever it is you ask her to do but you're but you're (laughs) 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 exactly but you're coming from a completely different place and and after you know after consuming some of your videos and watching what what it is that you're saying like you are you're really you're really coming from a beautiful place and teaching Mm. teaching men how from a from a feminine point of view like look we understand it's it's almost like you're standing there saying look we over here understand you better than you think mm-hmm. you do better than you think <laughs> or yes some of us do and let me be one who can help you help you know can be someone who understands you and loves you and supports you to dissolve the shame mm. such that you can actually go out into the world and even if you do meet a woman who doesn't understand you you have relaxed into yourself enough that you can then not make it that there's something wrong with you or you know not have to go into this kind of shame hole wormhole of um yeah of of that it must be me you know cuz part of the mm. work i do with both men and women, but I would say part of the work I do with women, and I love being this bridge, is is really getting to say to women, I have seen, you know, 
the insides and the hearts and souls of nearly a thousand men and every single one of them I've seen is vulnerable and is um, scared at times and, you know, is emotional. And yes, they may not show you that, mm. but it's actually there. And, mm. and often they're scared to show you. And then what I've actually found interesting is that I started working with men in this format first, even though in my grad school work, I was actually studying women. Um, but then when I created a course for women, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be different than the men because the men really need support, you know, feeling their emotions and, and being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And then what I found with women was it was actually pretty much the same. And that even though women have had more space and more support to be connected to other women and to talk about our feelings. It's really, for the most part, a really shallow version of connection and talking about our feelings. And, and mm. so many women are walking around ashamed of having feelings and, you know, they're in a book group or they're in a whatever but it's not, you know, it, it's not, oh, my God, bearing my soul. I feel vulnerable. I can't believe, you know, I'm struggling with this in my relationship or I'm struggling with this in dating and my heart is breaking. You know, it's 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 just not common for men or women to have those conversations out there. Mm. Now, you now you've mentioned shame twice in both yeah. in both contexts. Right. Is that is that kind of a fundamental block? Is that is that what you're finding is is sort of the at the bottom of all of this? Mm -hmm. It is. It's what I'm finding is really at the core, you know, this sense that there's something wrong with me as I am. Mm. And but I love Brene Brown. I mean, she makes that distinction between, I think it's between shame and guilt, you know, that yes. guilt is more of that feeling, right? That I've done something wrong yes. and shame is more like I am wrong or bad. Right. Um, and there's often so much shame and, and yeah, you know, again, it goes back to when we were really, really little beings and absorbing everything around us from how our parents interacted with each other to what they wanted from us and how we received love and right. some old, deep wounds and patterns. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and then those were inherited, you know, it's it, cause it's really interesting, right? There's, there, there's the... There's the first layer of that, which is, yeah, I got this from my parents, and then it's really easy to kind of like blame them. But the right. reality is, they inherited it from their parents, yep. and they inherited it from their parents, and they. So there's this sort of this cyclical thing, and you can, mm -hmm. and if you think about our generation, our parents didn't have, uh, you know, they didn't have Wayne Dyer as a right as a, as a foundational kind of like, oh yeah, and 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 all of these these transformational personal growth things like they were already they were already having us when these things started to mm -hmm. to to become popular and, and mainstream and yeah and many of them were getting married when they were 19 18 19 22 you know yeah. they were babies yeah 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 because my 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 parents were like that they they got married when they were 19 mm -hmm. and and they had me when i was when they were 21 and then they had five more Oh my so, God. so they didn't, they didn't have time and no. space and, and, uh, a, an, an opportunity really to do the kind of inventory that you're talking about, figure out mm -hmm. what, what do I really want? And they certainly didn't have 
time and space to dive into, well, hmm, what kinds of pain patterns did I inherit right. from my parents? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, you know, I, 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 I feel grateful and it's good for me to remind myself and, you know, for others to remember too that it is a luxury on the one hand that we get to do this, you know, that mm. we are safe mm-hmm. enough homes and societies right now for those of us who are that we actually can do this work because some people are not you know for some people it really is more about survival yeah yeah wow so i'm i i mean there's there's so many there's so many different directions (laughs) we can go here i'm just kind of like you know i i i'm i'm inspired by just who you are I, i i imagine that somebody coming to you who uh, you know, has, has some experience with personal growth, but maybe they're just really stopped. Um, you know, would, would find your, your openness and your willingness to receive and, and kind of take them on this, this journey would be really, uh, a a breath of fresh air and a relief. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, you know, you, you asked about the difference between working with men and women and in some ways, I mean, we could, we could go more into that. I think Mm -hmm. what I've realized recently in the past year or two, I, this is, it's kind of, it's been really fascinating how it's been a a similar track to my marriage where there were things that I could see and I, I knew that they were there and yet I wasn't ready or willing to face them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I was really doing a lot more work with women and focusing on building a business to support women in relationship and realized, wow, there's something in my heart that's so drawn to support men more. And so I was still working with men, you know, doing mm-hmm. coaching, whatever, but I wasn't putting a lot of attention on growing that. Mm-hmm. And in the past couple of years, I started to admit to myself, wow, I you know, there may be something right about working with women because from someone's perspective, because I am a woman and I have these experiences. However, my heart is really drawn to help men heal. And I think that actually really does serve women as well. I think anyone we're supporting to heal serves anyone else who interacts with that person. Yeah. Um, But I really, you know, I was, I took a vacation recently and in some of that downtime, I really heard this voice that said, help the men of the world heal. Mm. And I think I've, I've felt that for a long time, but it was just such a simple way of hearing it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't heal the men of the world. And it wasn't like, you know, I'm somebody special who should do this. It was, it was just this sense of, Oh yeah, there's so much, pain and struggle and being unseen and unheard and unfelt that's happened with men and same, you know, with women too. But mm-hmm. for some reason, my life experience, you know, and my constitution, there's something in there about helping men heal. And so I do, I do think it's a breath of fresh air for a lot of men who've been used to either no guidance at all, you know, yeah. and having these experiences and then hiding mm-hmm. their whole lives because of shame or whatever yeah um or men who've ended up in the world of pickup mm-hmm. and here are the lines to say and here are the things to do and here are the clothes mm-hmm. to wear and yeah. feeling totally false and not getting to be loved for who they really are because that's buried somewhere deep inside yeah 
Yeah, well, and 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 your your voice is unique because I've you know I've been I've been curious and uh, driven to explore this whole world of uh, people teaching this stuff for over a decade now. I mean, I back in back in my twenties, I was one of the guys who was like, "Man, I I don't know how this thing works. <laughs> you know, who can who can I talk to?" And I found people like Ross Jeffries, and was mm-hmm. like. All right, that's that's interesting, but I kind this guy kind of gives me the hive. So what <laughs> what what else is there, you know? And and there are there are people like like that led me to like David Data, mm-hmm. and um uh you know more recently Mark Manson kind of made this shift mm-hmm. from 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 being a guy teaching guys how to be successful dating to sort of creating more of a focus on the inner game like like mm-hmm. you know just increase how you feel how you feel about yourself as a man with what it is that you're up to in the world so there are people who are doing it but your voice is unique because you're really like even the even the other women that I've seen who are sort of teaching men in this arena they're still kind of taking this approach of like well here you go guys here's here's what works and here's mm-hmm. no, 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 no. and and your voice is unique because you, from the very beginning, when you land on your website and you start watching your videos, I felt like, okay, here's someone who's really inviting me in and who is kind of laying all of that other stuff to rest, like like these sort of presupposed ideas of what it is to be, quote unquote, successful with women. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about that. It's it's more it's more about how you feel. It's an invitation yeah. to like, you know, do you feel awkward with women? Let's let's talk. Let's let's see. Let's see what we can do to kind of make that go away. <laughs> right. Or to actually be OK with that and recognize that that's human mm. you know, and shift the relationship with that instead of. Yeah. Instead of trying to make it just go away or instead of trying to make anything go away. You know, mm, I, think, yeah. I think that is a lot of how I work, too. And one of the things I love is really getting to do a kind of role play or practice with men that I don't pretend to be someone else. You know, I'm actually, I take on being another human being and being a woman who they actually get to connect with and see how deep of a connection can we create? Cause I've been there and I know what it's like to have incredible intimacy and incredible mm. connection with strangers and with lovers and with people I've known forever. And mm. so we get to play with that. Yeah. And in that, yeah, like you said, there's this sense of let's see what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what works for you, meaning what do you enjoy mm-hmm. and what actually creates connection Mm. you know because some i i love thinking about lines as wearing another man's pants (laughs) (laughs) like wow that man is a lot shorter and bigger than you and you're trying to wear those pants and they don't look good and you have to try and hold them up and and that's really (laughs) awkward and uncomfortable but if you actually can relax into your own curiosity and your own enjoyment and your own desire and your own playfulness you know, or seriousness or whatever it may be, or depth. A lot of the men I work with have a really deep, you know, want to have this deep intimacy mm. and don't even necessarily know, well, what would that look like or how do I create that? But there's some spark there. Mm-hmm. So I love getting to to help illuminate that spark, you know, mm-hmm. and that, like I said, the uniqueness versus, okay, 
we're not going to do lines specifically, but here's what women really want or here's what women really like. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's that's just almost another level of here's something to do. Here's something you should do. So so you do focus sometimes on the on kind of the universals that you've discovered are common to women in general. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not just you're not just sort of setting setting the men that you're working with you're not just just setting their mind at ease about you know about the awkwardness and about being with being with their desire and sort of uh maybe acknowledging shame when it does come up and it's mm -hmm. not it's not just that inner work there is also this you know yeah there are some commonalities <laughs> over here on yeah. this side of the divide <laughs> yeah and i also notice that i i often qualify I'm, I'm I've been I don't know if I've actually said this out loud so this is interesting to have it come up it's like mm. you know when I do say something about women tend to like it this way or you know I often qualify it and say some women or you know mm. I've worked with again you know hundreds of women maybe close to a thousand women as well so I can use that sample mm -hmm. and what I tend to work with in the moment is me and my response and whether my heart opens mm. and not saying um, I'm standing here for all women. Mm. It's more like I'm an example of a woman. And, you know, and I, I think I have enough experience to be able to say another woman I could see could be really opened by what you just said or feel really inspired by what you just said or laugh at what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, and for me in the moment, this was my response. And, you know, and getting to work with a team of women for so many years in the Authentic Man program, um, it was really interesting to get to see that off, well, I would say often we had really similar responses across the board. And there were also a lot of times where you know, one of us would feel drawn to someone and one of us would feel kind of, um, Re repelled, repel. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what down? Or, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do, you know, I do work with the fact that, for example, I think a lot of women really like those moments where they get to surrender or they get to let go or they get to soften, you know? Mm, mm -hmm. And I would never say that all women want that because there are some women who are, want to be more dominant or want to be more, you know, mm. and then there's the whole thing of gender in general that there's this, you know, yeah, I think it's a <laughs> lot more fluid than most people acknowledge. So, sure. but you know, I tend to work with, more men who are heterosexual and who choose women who are more feminine. And, and I think yeah. in this day and age, there's been a common theme of women, you know, really being driven to succeed and accomplish mm -hmm. and, and feeling like, or having to let go of their feminine and their vulnerability and their softness mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of play in this world that is somewhat more masculine. Yeah. Well, and, the, and, and on the, on the other side too, along with this, um, sort of, uh, mm, well, I'm going to use these terms, but they're, they're loose, right? Like yeah. I, I, I agree with you that masculine and feminine are, they're, they're not solid. It's, mm -hmm. it, there's a continuum and you know, whatever, but the idea of this sort of masculinization of, of women, like this drive to be successful, this drive to, to, uh, 
you know, be business owners and all of that whole kind of world. Along with that, there's on the other side, there's there I've witnessed and I've I've noticed in my own life, there's this there's the opposite effect on men and Mm -hmm. where where men are not like it's not. It's almost like it's not really socially acceptable anymore anymore for men to want to date a lot of women for example Mm -hmm. and and be and be single and enjoy enjoy that and especially especially if a man is like is is open and vulnerable and and someone who is willing to go into intimacy Mm -hmm. it's almost it's almost like if you're if you're if you're going to do that then you got to commit to you know you got to create something out of that right like there's got to be yeah you're not allowed to be intimate and then and then not make that a thing a thing yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i'm glad you brought that up because i think in some ways i i i like it's like i try to uh, um (laughs) i'm getting all fumbly (laughs) i this has been a big part of my life experimenting with all different kinds of relationships and yeah. Open relationships. I start thinking about my parents again. Are they going to listen to them? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and so I think that's another comforting thing for men with me is that I don't have it that a specifically long term monogamous relationship is where everybody needs to go. You know, right. I, I have seen some great examples and some horrible examples of other alternative relationship styles, and I've experienced them mm. myself. Mm-hmm. And it is. I mean, it's an interesting time mm. where, uh, to me, the whole idea of, on the one hand, you should find one person who meets all of these needs, which, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote this beautiful book about how much more we're expecting from marriage these days. It used to be more a familial bond or a financial thing or, you know, something that would tie a country together. And now it's like, well, I want it, you know, I want it to meet my heart. I want to feel love. I want to have the same activities. I want to love each other's families. I want to have great sex. You know, there's all these things that we're really looking for. And so on the one hand, it seems a little bit crazy to me that we think we're going to find all of this in one person. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, the intensity that I've experienced and the people I know who've experimented with other kinds of relationship have experienced you know we we don't have a lot of the perspectives and communication tools and emotional capacity in place to really feel those levels of jealousy and um, you know all the other things that can come up with it so Again, I think that's what I was talking about. And one of the lessons I really learned in my relationship and my marriage was we played with fire in a lot of ways. And we didn't, I don't think I saw this back then, but we didn't build a lot of fire pits to house our fires, you know? Mm. Um, I'm wondering if you can, I'm wondering if you can make this a little more concrete because I'm, I'm having trouble following. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>. okay. <laughs> I mean, I love where you're going. This is awesome stuff. This is, this is stuff that I think that, that people, you know, if you're listening, like you can really extrapolate this in your own world, especially if you're somebody who doesn't see the, like, you just don't see the, the, the cheese down the tunnel called 
okay, one person for the right. rest of my life, you know, if, you, if you're really not seeing that, but you're also kind of like, well, shoot, if that's, if that's not available and everything else is shameful, then <laughs> where do I go from right. there? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think looking back, I mean, we played with um, different kind of roles and types of dominance and submission, and we played with dating other people, and there's... You know, I, <laughs> this is one of the ways that I feel more humble now. Mm. I was in the beginning, you know, had this desire like, okay, well, if we're going to play in the, you know, with dominance and submission, like, let's try it for a week, you know, let's mm. dive in and have a week where, um, you know, we had safe words and everything, if you know what that is, where it's like, you know, you can always say no, it's not about a... 1950s style dominance and submission there's a lot of love and a lot of spirit involved and a lot of you know doing it for growth and opening on both sides mm -hmm. however um i think i was naive in certain ways because anything any roles that we play with or any um you know the way of seeing other people and bringing dynamics into a relationship i mean they all bring up emotions and intensity that then is beautiful to work with it's grown me like probably nothing else has mm. um but at the same time it can be tiring and exhausting and i think there are ways that you know when i to get more concrete about the fire and the fire pits it's mm -hmm. like i think that there are ways that we broke each other's trust in a way um not intentionally, not maliciously, but where maybe we, we wanted things that we weren't necessarily ready for emotionally and then felt hurt by some of the experiences we had and then had a hard time letting that go. So the foundation of our relationship, um, I think, started to crumble in that mm -hmm. way. Does that make more mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And it and it's it's really beautiful that you that you would have these kinds of experiences in your uh, in your tool bag, for mm -hmm. lack of a better um, metaphor, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who experimenting like that with their relationship is is terrifying. Like, mm -hmm. what? How? How? I don't even know how to bring that up. I, you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So do you? So are you able to then work with people like like if they are in relationship in a in a sort of a monogamous committed situation? Like you're able to work with them to. Um, kind of avoid those pitfalls, but still give themselves and their mm -hmm. partners permission to create, uh, create an opening for these kinds of experimentations. Yeah, and I would say you know there are people who really focus on um, making a transition specifically, you know, from monogamy to some other kind of relationship. So it hasn't been my mm. go-to necessarily, but I I have worked with some couples like that and. You know, the thing I feel strongly about in the moment is that, you know, when you say it's really terrifying or some couples wouldn't even know how to start. I mean, part of it is because people are not always talking to each mm. other mm. about here's what I would, you know, here are my fantasies or here's what I've been longing for my whole life or here's where I totally love you, baby. But, you know, there's there's this this thing where we're not totally meeting in a specific way and you know I'm okay with that but I also could see that exploring that would 
would add something to my life, you know, to mm-hmm. this one precious life that I'm living. And so mm-hmm. I think the first step for a lot of couples is really checking out, you know, how much are we communicating? How much do we really even know each other? And how much are we looking at, you know, well, what do you want, honey? And what do you want, honey? And what would make you feel more fulfilled or more alive or more turned on first, even with each other? Mm-hmm. And then starting to look at, okay, what's this big wider world out there? I mean, I don't have, at one point I had the perspective of if you're going to have an alternative relationship, it has to be the icing on the cake and the relationship has to be totally solid. And, Mm. um, and I've softened my view in some ways on that. But the thing that I've come back to is that the relation, the, the primary or central relationship has to be supportive and communicative and loving. And, you know, it's easy to stray out into, other connections or experiences and then not really look at what's going on Mm -hmm. in a central relationship, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I imagine that that, excuse me, that in itself is, is a challenge in terms of kind of assessing the health of the central and primary relationship, because you have Mm -hmm. to kind of, you, you, you use the word solid and yet it sounds to me like there's there needs to be sort of a combination of solid but also flexible like there has right. to be there has to be both both and it has to be solid in the sense that you know each person cuz the relationship itself is is an illusion right like right. it exactly. actually exists there's no such thing as a relationship it's just yeah let's go there <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's just it's really a conversation that exists over time mm-hmm. between two people about the you know your innermost world and you know sharing sharing whatever it is that you're choosing to share everything from uh you know living together or even if it's just even if you're just spending time if you if you don't actually live together or share finances or any of that stuff Mm -hmm. it's just a sharing of experience a sharing of um physical space a sharing of of yourself sexually Mm -hmm. so so I, i imagine that 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 in itself is it is a whole is a whole world where you know you really people come because maybe they come because they want to fix their relationship or they want to make it healthier or whatever and do you find that you you do you find that you end up sort of focusing folks attention inward as opposed to this illusory third entity mm. yeah a, a lot inward and then there's also that focus of how are we bringing what's inner outer to the mm. other person? Mm-hmm. You know, mm. one of my really favorite and simple distinctions that has been powerful for a lot of men and women is that, um, you know, on like that complaint and desire are the opposite sides of a coin, right? Or, or beneath every complaint, there's a desire. Mm-hmm. And in relationship, we can often bring our complaints and our frustrations in a way that's not very inviting Mm. for the other person to say, Oh, amazing. Yeah. You know, I (laughs) want to support you in having that. It's like feeling nagged or feeling put down. And Mm. so there is the, the inner and then how are we communicating with each Mm -hmm. other? Mm -hmm. And then what I find is that, that when we look at communication, what starts to show up is, our communication gets kind of fuzzy or funky when we are coming from a place of 
of shame or of guilt or I shouldn't want this or this, mm. you know, maybe this isn't okay. Mm. Um, or I'm scared to say this because I don't know what you're going to think of me, you know. And so otherwise, I think the communication would be really simple. It would be, wow, babe, I was thinking about this and this would feel so awesome. Can we try it, you know, or mm-hmm. how does that feel to you? And whether it's moving to a different place or wanting to try something new sexually, whatever it may be, you know, mm-hmm. or wanting the house to be cleaner or any <laughs> any of those things. Well, that's, yeah, see, that, that's, that's, that's the interesting thing because the the... So so taking this whole idea that there is a relationship that needs to be tended to, cultivated, shaped, whatever, but mm-hmm. but what what's really at stake here are your desires and how you communicate them. Like that it kind of simplifies it kind of simplifies the whole equation because you don't have this middle thing that, you know, because when you have that middle thing, there's always the middle thing that partner a is seeing and then there's the middle thing that partner b is seeing mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, right and what one person says is not often what the other person hears because right. we have our filters which makes <laughs> things really complicated right yeah it's it's a kind of a miracle to me that anyone <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it seems like it would be simpler if we didn't have language you could just grunt and you know like the go you know you over here, you know, pull hair and oh. you know, do the, do oh, the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that is actually something I was talking with someone else doing an interview the other day and we were talking about how um, well, he was saying how he and his partner have been kind of grunting at each other recently and not using <laughs> language as much. And, and I was saying that one of my favorite things in relationship is to just say, ouch, you know, mm. instead of, I can't believe you fucking said that to me or fuck you for always, well, you know, just be like, <laughs> ouch that hurt you know mm. and it's a whole different level of vulnerability yeah than defending against you know and then starting that whole battle yeah well and that that's again that's another simplification because if you're really just if it's really just desire and communication then and and feeling then what you're doing in that moment is you're just saying whoa this moment ouch right mm-hmm. this, and and as a as a man in a relationship, when because I I've had partners who say who say that and keep it that simple, and it's always like a oh, <laughs> we're dancing and I just stepped on your foot. I'm so uh-huh. sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, and then what comes up in the moment too is all of those past experiences, mm. where, you know, I noticed I had an experience the other night with a man I've been dating, and <laughs> I'm just gonna admit this, you know, where it's like. I got so mad. There was something he said or some way that he said it. And I felt this rage inside of me Mm. and learning to communicate in a way where I can see that, but not act it out. Mm. um, I think has been one of my best accomplishments in a way, you know, to Mm. be able to be like, wow, when you said that, I just felt like, oh my God, I wanted to scratch your face off. And (laughs) (laughs) what I can recognize is it's actually not all about you. You know, there's Mm. something else that it's dragging up the muck from the past. Mm. And I'm not going to let it out on you. I'm actually going to be more conscious and sit with it and really see what I can digest here. Mm. And I think that's, that's not as common yet you know no it's it's not it's not especially and 
actually, I won't say that because I'm sure that happens on both ends. Of, and I, I know that I've been, I've been the jerk in the relationship who just, you know, goes off and whatever. And I've also, I've also had women go off on me and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not literally scratch my face off, but right. they, they might as well. Energetically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and to, to experience being with a, being with a woman who can kind of like have that feeling and breathe into it and then communicate it clearly like that's just you know I, I it's almost like that's the that's the golden mean that we're kind of all reaching for those of us mm-hmm. who are, are interested in this conversation and interested in helping other people um be yeah and state. i love i love your distinction of leading learner because i i am still learning there's that's that's so clear to me you know i'm mm. still learning on a regular basis yeah how to love better and communicate better and live with more passion and play and sincerity and meaning and you know that it it feels like a constant lifelong process yeah awesome well we are just about out of time i could i could talk to you all day long shana this Mm, is uh, that would be fun yeah so so sweet i I love the work that you're doing and uh i I will definitely when i when i come across the men who are, are looking for some guidance i will be guiding them to your uh, to Thank your you. website, themanshewants.com. As in, Thank you. As in, come on, you, fellas, you want to be the man she wants? Well, well and I just want to do a little disclaimer on that, which is to me, and, and I may change that domain name soon because <laughs> to me it's like the man she wants is all that you already are the man she wants, right? Yes, it's not yes. about trying to be someone else. And so usually you are the man she wants and there's some part of you that either has forgotten that or you know has never known that and never acknowledged mm-hmm. that and never been taught how amazing you are so that's mm-hmm. my definition or my interpretation of being the man she wants beautiful beautiful so that's for that's for the fellas for you sir you 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 are to go to the man she for now until that changes and, <laughs> and for for the female listener the woman listener you can go to authenticwomanexperience.com and find out what Shana has to say for you and uh meanwhile thank you so much Shana for taking time out of your day and being on new paradigm radio with us today mm-hmm. thank you for doing this and for you know bringing those of us together who are passionate about learning and supporting other people to learn and grow and making this available yeah it's my pleasure i love it um <laughs> this is it's so fun it's just, you know it's still very new but i'm i'm digging it mm-hmm. so my name is sean madden and i am the host here of new paradigm radio the first of many i i you know we're, we're going to continue to grow and and this little thing will evolve and it'll become it'll become a, a global force to be reckoned with as far as i'm concerned And uh, so thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening live or you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever it is that you found us. Thanks so much for paying attention and tuning in to New Paradigm Radio, where we are celebrating and causing the quantum leap in human consciousness and collaboration on the planet. One deep diving conversation with a leading learner at a time. Uh, Tomorrow, tomorrow, no broadcast tomorrow. Tomorrow's a day off. It's going to be it's going to be good. I'm doing some other things. But in the meantime, if you love what you hear and you want to support New Paradigm Radio, you can go to patreon.com forward slash New Paradigm Radio. Put a buck or two in the in the bucket uh, each month and help us thrive as we do our work here. So thanks again for tuning in. My name is Sean Madden. It's a pleasure to be your host here on New Paradigm Radio. Take care till next time. New Paradigm Radio.